Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. Well, today I'm going to continue on sharing on the subject of the clashing of two kingdoms. Uh, And we all are aware of the fact that, and maybe some of you who are younger in the things of God, may understand the fact that there is a spirit world. And we came from that world, and we're going to return to that world, the unseen realm. Amen. And uh, because we came from God, God who's a spirit. The Bible says God is a spirit, and they that worship him, just as John 4, 24, must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's why when we come to church, we try to instruct you, to help you, to compel you to open your heart and, and externally express your love for God and, and your thanksgiving to God. Uh, say this out loud, God is a good God, God. <clears throat> amen, and that you have an opportunity uh, with this corporate oneness of uh, God's anointing and presence, it carries us to that place where we vocally, out of our hearts, express our love and devotion to God. If you agree, say amen. And then there is a spirit realm that we deal with uh, on a daily basis uh, that we're going to talk about this morning, and, uh, uh, and it's a realm to where we have to operate by faith. Uh, and why? Because we can't access the spirit realm with our five physical senses. If you agree, say amen. So there are two kingdoms that have an effect on our lives on a daily basis, and it's been going on since Adam transgressed God's word. Uh, sometimes we're trying to understand what is sin. Sin is simply transgressing God's word. It's, um, it's exalting your will above God's will. Can I have an amen? I'll give an example. God says we're to walk in uh, forgiveness. And so one day somebody transgresses against you and you hold that against them. You are exalting your will above God's. How many agree that it's good that God forgives us on a daily basis? So then therefore we have to become like him or mimic him, uh, uh, become imitators of him. And that's just one of the awesome qualities that God has is that he forgives us when we repent. There are two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. The kingdom of darkness is destructive. The kingdom of light is constructive. Amen. The uh, the kingdom of darkness is controlled by Satan, the fallen archangel, and the kingdom of light is governed by, one's controlled by, one's governed by. Uh, God does not control you, but he will govern you if you allow him to. Amen. And uh, which is governed, of course, the kingdom of... um, uh, Light is governed by Jesus. Listen to this. The kingdom of darkness operates on the spiritual forces of doubt, fear, and unbelief. And the kingdom of light operates on the forces of faith, hope, and love. Isn't that good? Just all these good nuggets that we learn. And, uh, and of course, uh, they are both in the unseen realm. The moment Adam transgressed God's word, listen to this. Listen to this. He gave, he gave Satan legal access into his kingdom realm. Okay, and we do the same thing. We may not think we do, but we actually do. If we, if there's a consistency of us disobeying God, we give Satan legal access into our kingdom realm. Okay, so I want you to understand that, which, uh, uh, which ultimately brought Adam and his offspring a harvest of death and de- devastation and death. Which is why the last Adam came into our world. It was to break Satan's spiritual stronghold over our lives. I remember just like yesterday that 
I was tormented by the devil, bound by the devil, tied up by the devil, but Jesus came to set me free. Hallelujah. And I walk in that freedom in a daily basis. And, I, and, and listen, I could retreat and go right back into that bondage if I, if I chose wrong, but I don't want to. I want to choose life and not death, blessing and not cursing. And so do you as well, okay? So Jesus came to repair and restore everything that Adam bro- had broken and lost spiritually, physically, emotionally, um, uh, um, socially, uh, and economically. He came to restore what the enemy took for, from our lives. John 10.10, 10, we're familiar with this. We'll just keep moving right on because I want to pray for you today. In John 10.10, 10, we, we read this last week. It says, the thief comes only in order to do three things, steal, to kill, and destroy, Okay. I came, Jesus said, that they may have and have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Come on. Don't you want to live an overflowing life of God's presence and provision? So do I. Now, John, the apostle of love, revealed why Jesus entered our world. It says this, 1 John 3, 8. He who commits sin, and I like the Amplified, who practices evil doing. Think about practice. You practice something for a reason. Do you know why? Why do you practice something for a reason? Why do you practice something? To get better at it. To get better at it. Okay? So that's what he's saying here in the Amplified. He who practices, uh, commits sin or practices evil doing is of the devil. Watch this. He takes his character from the devil. Okay? I've met Christians that are full of the devil. I mean, in their actions. They're mean, spirited. They're critical. They're judgmental. Right? They're unforgiving. They're bitter. I've met Christians like that. Well, I don't want to be that. And neither do you. Okay, let's go on. He takes his character from the evil one. For the devil has sinned, watch this, has violated the divine law. What divine law? The law of love. It says that in James. It's the royal law, okay? From the beginning, goes back to Genesis 1. Now, the reason the Son of God was manifest, uh, uh, was uh, manifest visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. So, what are some of those works that Jesus came to free you from? Okay, the Apostle Paul talked about those in his letter to the church at Galatia. Here's it is, Galatians 5, verse 19. Now, this is the Passion Bible. I love it, so I wanted to give it to you. Now, the behavior, now, the King James says works. The behavior works of the self-life. I thought that was good. Of the self-life is obvious. Sexual immorality, that's something, the first three. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentful when others are favored, temper tantrums. Can anybody relate to any of these things? Angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you, Paul says, that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God. Amen. That's something we can't afford to not have the kingdom be operating in the kingdom realm of God. Amen. And guess what? What's absent from every one of these fleshly self-life expressions is love. Because if you love, you won't express these things in your life. You'll avoid them at all costs. 
Just want you to know how far we, we have to go when it comes to re reaping the blessings of God in our lives. Amen. Every time, this is so good, every time we yield to or we give place to these kinds of self-life works, not only are we expressing the nature of the evil one, we are giving him access into our lives and relationships. Why this is good. Mm. But guess what? Love came into our world to change that, to put love on the inside of us. Can I have an amen? And liberate us, set us free from our slavery of self-life or the flesh nature. Amen. In fact, Jesus' main message, his main text to the very birthing of his ministry, he quoted Isaiah's prophecy in Isaiah 61. Here it is in Luke 4, 18. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news. Say good news. Amen. The good news of the gospel to the poor, spiritually poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the spiritually blind. See, I remember when I first got, uh, I remember trying to read the Bible before I was saved. I just couldn't understand. Well, you know, it's, it's tough when you start in Leviticus, uh, you know. It's just so hard to understand the Bible. But once you're born again, now listen, your eyes are open. However, however, if you over time consistently yield to that fleshly nature, slowly but surely, the blindness will come back into your spiritual eyes so that you don't see the very things you need to see. So that you can do the very things you need to do. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. To release announce to the captives. Uh, to release to the captives. Um, release the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To send forth as delivered those who are oppressed. We talked about that. Downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. And we talked about that last week. Uh, in Exodus, God heard the cry of his people because they were being oppressed by Pharaoh, who is a type of the devil, in Egypt, who is a type of the world. And God sent Moses, who is a type of Christ, to deliver them. Isn't that good? Amen. So good. So all these things in the Old Testament is to, for us to learn to learn from their mistakes so we don't have to repeat them. Amen. So I just want you to know that God hears the cries of your oppression. Whatever you're facing in life, God hears those cries and he's come to deliver you and set you free. Amen. He's come to give you counsel, to give you the inspiration or the information or the revelation so that you can obey God so he can bring you out of captivity. Come on, shout hallelujah if you believe it. I mean, I just want you to know that. So we were talking about that today, how that your freedom, uh, if, if, the, if, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. But your freedom only lasts as long as you allow it to last. Because you can lapse back into the very behaviors that God set you free from. Psalms 107 says, uh, verse 19 says, Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth, that word means rescues them out of their distresses or their anguish. He sent his word, which is Jesus, and healed them and delivered them from their destructions, that word means pitfalls. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. When we gather on Sunday mornings, and we, we wouldn't even have to have a music team. You know, we wouldn't even have to have any music. You know, we wouldn't have to. 
But we do it to inspire you to enter into a place that, you've, uh, that you just haven't entered into all week because just because of the, just how the world consumes your time. Can I have an amen? So we want to set an environment for you to open up and receive from God. So that when you leave here, you leave here with something from God to lay hold of, praise God, spiritual nutrition, so that whatever comes your way on Monday, you don't fall prey to the enemy. Can I have an amen? amen. So important. Now I want you to turn to Matthew 15. We're going to read some out of this King James, if you have your Bibles or your phone. And... Uh, uh, we're going to look at Jesus's ministry real quick. Uh, um, I might share two stories, but I might only share one here. In Matthew, the 15th chapter, so good. Matthew 15. Say this out loud. Jesus, Jesus. The, same. the same. Yesterday, Yesterday. Today. today, and forever. So it says in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verse 8. Now, in chapter 15, verse 21, it says this. Then Jesus um, went thence and departed unto the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan. The, 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 my translation, uh, the reference says she was Syrophoenician, meaning she was a Greek, uh, meaning she had no covenant with God like the Jews did, okay? Just want you to know that. She, uh, she came. Say she came. Amen. She, I mean, she came expecting, I'm sure she heard the news that Jesus was uh, um, performing miracles. So the Bible says, so she came out of the same coast and she cried unto Jesus saying, have mercy on me, O Lord. I thought that was interesting. What's interesting about that is that instead of responding and saying, Lord, have mercy on my daughter, she says, have mercy on me. And we can understand why as we read on. She said, have mercy on me. And um, <clears throat> watch this. Oh, Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. The Amplified says this. Um, uh, says she was miserably and distressing, distressingly and cruelly possessed by a demon. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she's crying after us. How many here honestly believe that we have a ministry of reconciliation for the world outside these doors? Amen. Now, that's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. You have a ministry. Say it out loud. I have a ministry. Say it again. You really do. You really do. You have a ministry. See, Jesus... Just think of what Jesus prayed. He prayed that he asked that we would pray that for labors. That means he was saying, you guys, I need help. I need help. I'm going to leave here soon. I'm going to ascend to heaven. And I want you to carry out my ministry on earth. And that is something that we need to pray that God would give us the same spirit of boldness that was on the church in the book of Acts. Amen. If your life has been changed, someone out there needs to know that your life has been changed. Hallelujah. It's true. And you're the only one that is anointed to do that. Let's continue. She's, and he didn't answer her word. And so the disciples said, hey, could you please send her away? She's really bugging us. 
And Jesus came, and then she, and watch this, look at the attitude, this is so beautiful. Oh, but he answered, verse 23, her not a word. Okay, verse 24, but he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And that was a true statement. That was a true statement. He had come to reveal to God's kids, the Jews, that he was the Savior, okay? So that was his first mission. But watch, watch what, I mean, this is amazing how a woman who was a Greek had no covenant with God yet touched, yet touched the heart of God with her faith. And he says, I have not been sent uh, but to the house, uh, sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and she worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. My family's in this situation and I cannot do anything about it. Would you please help me? And Jesus answered and said, it is not meat to take children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Now, see, the Gentiles back in those days were called dogs. Okay. And so how many believe that Jesus spoke life and not death, blessing and not cursing? He was, he was, I just love his wisdom. He is provoking her to believe. And she could have said that day, you are such a mean guy. I am suffering here and you call me a dog how dare you? I'm offended and could have left. But the Bible says, the, I mean, she had prepared her heart through worship and she said, oh, truth, Lord, you're right. You're right. You're right. Normally, dogs don't have access to what you are offering your children. I believe that. However, the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She was saying, Lord... I believe that just the very little you would offer, offer me would be more than enough to set my daughter free. And the Bible says that Jesus answered and said, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Why don't you give God a good shout of praise? Isn't that a beautiful story? A life changed through the power of faith. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. hallelujah. God is a good God, a very good God. And I'm so grateful. And I'll turn, if you would, to Luke 13, since I got down with that so quick. Let's go to Luke 13, one more story about another woman. Now, Luke the 13th chapter, verse 10. Thank you, Lord. And Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day. Amen. Now, before I go on, I just want to add this. We know that Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Right? And then we know how faith comes. How does faith come? By hearing what? Yeah, by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how faith comes. So the Bible says here that he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And it was interesting. So what was he teaching? I believe he was teaching the text to which he kicked his ministry off with. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the good news, announce release of the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to, live, to, to deliver those who are oppressed. I love the Amplified, downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. That's what he was preaching. 
He was preaching that God loved them and wants them free. See, the world out here believes, and I, I believe, I mean, the world believes this, that, okay, God may be a good God, but he's also a bad God. And, and because he's that way, I will avoid him because I don't want to get from him what I deserve. And so you're the only ones that can go out these doors and tell them that you serve a good God. You serve the true and living God. You serve the liberating God, the forgiving God, the loving God, the merciful God, the compassionate God, the mighty God. Hallelujah. Amen. They, got, they will never know unless you tell them. Unless you tell them. Let's go on. Behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. 18. That's a long time. 18 days would be tough. 18 months would be tough. But this was, I'm not sure. I just assume, whatever, that it could have been rheumatoid arthritis. But her, her, her bones were so warped that she, her, her lips touched her knees. And she could not get back up. She was in serious condition medically. Bowed together and could no wise lift herself up. And when she saw, or excuse me, and when Jesus saw her, I just love this statement. When Jesus saw her, he called her. When Jesus saw her, he called her. When I read that, I thought, just answer this question for a moment. And this isn't for you because you're here today. But what if she'd have gotten up that morning and said, you know, I've been going to the synagogue for 18 years and have got nothing from God. I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. I give up. And would have stayed home. There's no way Jesus would have saw her and called her. No way. Jesus saw her. This is what the Amplified says. Jesus saw uh, um, uh King James, Jesus saw her and he called her. He saw her and he called her to him and said unto her, woman, thou art loose. That word means fully freed or released from thine infirmity. And, and he laid his hands on her. Now watch this. He laid his hands on her. That's all he did. He just simply touched her. Isn't that beautiful? He just touched her. He, he laid his hands on her, the Bible says, and immediately she was made straight. Wow, that must have been awesome. Amen. Immediately she was made straight. And the Bible says, oh, I bet she did. She glorified God. Now, the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said unto the people, these, these morons. See, the Pharisee was supposed to represent God in the earth. But all they were were intellectual knotheads. Okay? And they were Jesus' greatest enemy or threat to what he wanted to do. The Bible says, he, that the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus has healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the people, Are there not six days in which men ought to work to them, uh, work in them, therefore come and be healed not on the Sabbath day? And the Lord answered, you morons. I just love that translation. I'm just. <laughs> doth, uh, doth not, watch this. Doth, doth not each of you on the Sabbath loose. That word means free. Free his ox and his ass from the stall and lead them away to watering. 
And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, watch this, whom Satan hath bound. Did you catch that? Somewhere, somehow, the devil had gotten into her life to the point where she was so bound physically that, that uh, she could do nothing uh, ever that was, had no quality of life at all. I remember when I was just a little boy, of course, you know, my grandfather was a pedophile and, and uh, uh, he had molested three of us uh, uh, cousins horrifically. And out of that, I was a uh, demon spirit to enter my, my life and I was tormented. Uh, I mean, and I shared this with you, but I, I was so tormented. I cried just about every day. Uh, I'd even cry in school uh, because I knew that I was not normal, but I, I, did, I, I didn't know how to get free. I just, I didn't know how to get free. I just want you to know how good God is. But my goodness, I live there. Just be so tormented that on a daily basis, you're, you're, you're crying when you're milking cows. You're crying when you're in the field. You're crying when you're in school. And that's not good. When you, all you want to be is someone who's normal, someone who's, I didn't, had no idea that you could, I had no idea until Jesus set me free that you could be free. And so don't, don't, don't ever judge people that are bound by sexual perversion. You pray for them with empathy because I love everybody. I love people. No matter what kind of sin they're in, Jesus wants to set them free. He really does. Yeah, give God a good shout of praise. You believe it's true. So I don't look down on any of them, not in, on any of them. My heart of compassion reaches out because I want them to be free. And be liberated, and they can be if they want it. It's, there's freedom, praise God. We had a real a worship leader over in Iowa at the church over there who, who was bound by that lifestyle and was completely set free, serving God today. Hallelujah! Glory to God. Amen. So you can be free if you want to be free from anything. Can I have an amen? Watch this, though. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham... Whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond. That word bond means shackle of imprisonment on the Sabbath day. Amen. So Jesus set her free. My point in closing, I got to wind this up because I'm going to pray for you today. My point in this is that obviously this woman did not, she was not fully aware of the fact that she had a covenant with God because she was Jewish. She was a daughter of Abraham. So she had a legal right to be delivered. And listen, and her deliverance was 18 years ago. She could have been delivered the first day that she was diagnosed with whatever she had. Isn't that good? But she was demon. Now, there are sicknesses that are not. I mean, ultimately, all sickness and disease, the author of it, you know, is, is the devil. But not all sickness and disease. Just because you got a runny nose doesn't mean you have a demon. Just get a Kleenex, blow your nose, please. So you understand it because everybody gets chasing all sorts of stupid stuff, you know, in the deliverance ministry. Uh, uh, it's something how we want to deliver each other, but we don't want to go out in the streets and deliver others who are really demon possessed. I'm just saying. So we got to sometimes stop with the nonsense and think that everything, you know, is a devil. Yeah. And he's walking about the whole, or he's walking about seeking whom he may devour, but I declare he won't devour me. 
Amen. Neither will he devour you. But I just want you to understand that. Don't, don't, don't over-spiritualize things. And, and, and the presence of God was there and the power of God was there to deliver her. And she was delivered. Listen, yet not without faith on her part. Amen. Not without faith on her part. She, she praised God. I was at the right place at the right time for the right miracle. Amen. And guess what? You're here today at the right place at the right time for the right miracle. Give God a good shout if you believe it. Amen. Now, in winding down, I just want to share these two verses with you because I want to you know, help you understand a Christian cannot be possessed. Okay, I want you to understand that. A Christian cannot be possessed by the devil. Why? Because you're possessed by the Holy Ghost when you're born again. And here's the scriptures. I'll show them to you, okay? Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Hallelujah. Say, I'm not my own. See, God owns you. He really does. He owns you. Here's the Passion Bible. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the, whole, of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer. And I don't want to belong to myself. All right. For the, uh, for the gift of God, the Holy Spirit lives inside your sanctuary. You were God's expensive purchase. I love this. Paid for with tears of blood. Thank you, God. So by all means, then, use your body to bring glory to God. See, that's the greatest challenge we have today, is use our, our bodies for the glory of God. You don't want to lose your bo- use your body for sexual perversion. You don't, you don't want to use your body for envy, jealousy, and strife. Can I have an amen? For unforgiveness. You, don't want, you want to use your body to express the love of God, the presence of God in your life, the humility of God, the reverence of, uh, I mean, all that, that you want people to see of you, of Jesus, you walk in it and they will see it. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want my, my band to come up here. I want, I'm going to close with um, a couple of verses here when they come. Thank you, Lord. Acts 10, verse 37. The same message which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee after the baptism preached by John. This is Luke writing, okay, the book of Acts. Remember, Luke was a physician. Very interesting. He was a very close associate of Jesus. How God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth, watch this, with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power. How he went about doing good. Say doing good. Amen. And the Bible says, and in particular, curing or healing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil, for God was with him. See, you got to understand this, getting back to my point about you can't have a demon. I always remember this. Everyone that, every deliverance that Jesus performed, listen, listen, were performed upon people who were not born again. Amen. They weren't born again. So just understand that. Now, we cannot demon be demon-possessed, but we can be demon-oppressed. We can be. I've experienced it in my life. Like I said, there's a high percentage of pastors who deal with that. And we deal with it. I deal with it mostly because uh, in most of the cases, I think I fail God in ministry. 
and mostly not because, and, and we, it's like you. How many agree that if you have a real positive um, bank account at the end of the month, uh, there's some, there's some uh, proof of success? Well, we do the same thing, whether it's with people, the numbers, you know, or the manifestation of God's spirit. But, but it's hard, really hard. And so you deal with this thing. The word oppression means prolonged, cruel, or unjust treatment. It means the state of being subject to unjust treatment or control. Mental pressure or distress. That's real. So you can be oppressed. And it's no fun. Oppression destroys your joy, your peace. It really does. It destroys kind of the hope that you want in your life regarding, you know, all the things that you'd like to see good in your life. Oppression at times can be self-inflicted. I know that. Say stupid things. Do stupid things. Don't treat your family right. Don't treat others right. And all of a sudden you're oppressed. So it can be self-inflicted as well. But it's a reality. And I believe everyone here today would agree with me that oppression is a real thing. Mental anguish, pressure. So I wanted to pray with you all today regarding that area. Let me read this beautiful promise to you. First of all, the word deliverance means the action of being rescued or set free. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my, Jesus, my, oh man. That night I received Jesus. It was so beautiful. And I say this because it is true in my case. And I couldn't understand it. I didn't understand anything because I'd never been in a church like that before. But that night when I accepted Christ, it was the third Sunday night in the week of May, 1971, which would be now 52 years, obviously. And um, I, I, when I stood there and I prayed this simple prayer, very short prayer, I just immediately, I felt something lift off of me. I just, it just, from both shoulders, it just lifted off of me. And I, whew, I had no idea, but I knew something happened. Amen. Amen. Something divine happened. And the good news about that, I believe that demon spirit left me that. I'm not trying to over-spiritualize anything, but I believe that demon spirit left me that night. And I've never allowed it to come back into my life. Never allowed it to come back in my life. Never. So I was able to raise three beautiful children and the seven beautiful grandchildren. You know, it's so hard to, today because I love people. And I love your children. A lot of times, you know, I'll go up and, you know, want to, you know, and uh, I was offended. Somebody called me Joe Biden one day. Uh, offended me. Because... That, that's not me. And yet today, isn't that something? To the pure, all things are pure, but to the impure, all things are impure. So it's so hard because you know, little kids come up to me and I just, I just love them. I just want to kiss them on you know forehead and stuff. And, and, and I've been warned, don't do that, you know, because, and of course I understand that totally. I totally understand that. But it's sad that we live there. It's sad that we live there. No, I know there's some people that have come to church. I wouldn't want them to touch my kids. At least go wash your hands. <laughs> it's all about right here. It's all about the spirit, the purity, the holiness. 
Because if you've ever been violated, you'd never want that for any of your children. Ever. Listen to this beautiful verse. Oh, the word freedom, I just wrote this down. The state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. God is so good. So the same promises, the same promise that manifested in the Syrophoenician's daughter and manifested in the daughter of Abraham, that same promise is ours today. Whatever area that you think you need freedom from. And I love this verse, and I just want to close with it. I know I have so many closing verses. Galatians 3.13, put that up there, Crystal. Thank you so much. Christ redeemed us. Say, that's me. From that self-defeating cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself. Do you remember the scripture that says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? That's what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse and at the same time dissolved the curse. Please lift your hand and give him praise for that. Whatever curse that you've been dealing with through the power of Jesus' name has been dissolved. And now because of that, the air is cleared and we can see that Abraham's blessing is present and available for us non-Jews too. We are all able to receive God's life, his spirit, and uh, in and with us by believing just the way Abraham received it. And then verse 29 says, if you be Abraham's seed, your heirs according to the promise. Well, Abraham, you know, he was healed at, he was healed at 99 years old, right? Or 98 years old to pregnate his precious wife who was barren so that they could bring forth the promised child who was Isaac through which Christ our Redeemer came. <laughs> okay. So those same promises belong to you. So let's stand up. I'm going to pray with you today. Thank you for hanging there with me. Can you remember who that great preacher in California was? Um, uh, oh, I'm going blank. There was a great preacher many, many years. I should, I'm asking everybody who's young. You wouldn't even know who they are unless you're older like Stan. Huh? No, it was a, it was a guy. Uh, he, had a, he had a raspy voice. Great preacher. It doesn't matter. You don't care. But he said this statement. I never forgot it. He says, don't look to the bigness of your need, but look to the bigness of your God. Isn't that beautiful? Don't look to the bigness of your need. Always be, uh, this, this scripture uh, has always encouraged me through the years. And that is this. Everything, this is 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 18. Everything in the natural subject to change. Come on, everything in the natural is subject to change. Hallelujah. What is, what is your part in changing that? You keep your faith in God. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 9.30, as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.